Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talks podcast. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. On this week's midweek mini episode, we are going to take a look and a deep dive into imposter syndrome. And this is because a lot of people have asked for this. And recently, I actually had somebody at one of the live events um, really talk about imposter syndrome and, and actually specifically asked me to address this issue. Uh, but before we dive into it, I just want to say a huge thank you to each and every single one of you. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Thank you for sharing it and manning it forward. It has been an honor and a blessing to continue to see all of you sharing the podcast. And I really was humbled because recently at uh, at a few of our events, I've had people come up and express their gratitude for the podcast and and how much some of the episodes have really supported them either in their business or their you know in their career or in in their relationship specifically and so uh, thank you so much for coming to say hi thank you so much for reaching out and letting me know how the podcast has impacted you and so before we dive in I just have one call to action I would love to hear from you I would love for you to write me um, if you have a moment it's info at mantalks.com and let me know how this podcast has has impacted you, what you get value out of it from, what you'd like to hear more of, because I would love to be of service in that way. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep sharing, keep tagging me in it, keep DMing me. I love the private messages. And let's dive in to imposter syndrome. This is something that actually I struggled with in the past. I actually remember getting a contract when I was a classical singer and uh, I signed the contract to go sing in Europe. And what should have been this incredibly beautiful moment of taking in this experience of like, man, I just, I just locked in a contract. I'm going to get paid to go and do my craft. And not only that, I'm going to travel and experience the world and see, you know, see Europe. And I'm going to get paid to do all this. What should have been this incredible moment really turned into me feeling like a fraud. You know, I signed the contract and all I could remember thinking so vividly, I remember this was thinking they must have made a mistake. <laughs> they must have made a mistake. I'm going to screw this up. I'm not good enough. They're going to find out that I'm not good enough for this. And it was just like, it was just such a horrible experience. And I got there uh, and I started performing the role and I still had this imposter syndrome mindset, this like lens that I seemed to be looking through. And all I could experience was the fact that I felt like I didn't belong there, like that was a fraud. And more and more, I've seen that this is something that plagues so many people. And so in researching for this mini episode, what I found was that actually there are, there are really two demographics that really struggle with imposter syndrome. And so there's people who struggle to feel motivated, who when they do have an accomplishment and they do move forward in some way, shape or form, they, they actually feel like they're a fraud because they're so used to failing. They're so used to not getting their way that when they do, they feel like they don't deserve it. So that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the demographic that seems to be plagued with this the most is actually high performers. So people that are high performers in their relationship, in their career, in their business, they seem to be not necessarily driven or motivated by this imposter syndrome, but it seems to be something that plagues them and is a gap, is a stopgap that prevents them from experiencing the fulfillment and the joy that, that they ultimately want from their career, from their business, from their work, from their relationship, because they feel like a fraud. 
And so where do we start with this? Well, I want to go through a few things. I want to define what an imposter syndrome is, and we're going to look at the causes of an imposter syndrome because that's important to know. And we're going to look at how to recognize imposter syndrome. And then we're going to talk about how to shift our mindset when this imposter syndrome starts to take over and what's possible on the other side of that imposter syndrome. So first and foremost, how do we define imposter syndrome? Well, imposter syndrome can really be defined as, and there's a couple of different terms for this, right? There's imposter phenomenon, there's the fraud syndrome, there's imposter experience, but really the easiest way to, to define this uh, is really a concept describing individuals who are marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments and a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. So the idea that when we do accomplish something, we feel like we don't deserve it. We feel like we're a fake. We feel like our efforts and our energies and everything that we've put into it weren't actually the cause of the result that we're getting. And what it does is it prevents us from really experiencing the joy and happiness that we should experience from our accomplishments. So that's how we define uh, imposter syndrome. But where does this actually come from? Where does imposter, where is this all started? I, I read a, actually a great quote by Maya Angelou. Uh, and she said, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. And I thought, what a great, <laughs> what a great little quote, because, you know, here you have one of the most like prolific writers talking about how she felt and experienced that she was going to get found out for being a fraud as a writer. But uh, anyway, so where does imposter syndrome come from? In a lot of ways, the, the source of this is often comes from, from childhood when our parents or, you know, other significant adults acknowledge you frequently for things when you don't think that you deserve praise. So maybe as a kid, you drew a picture or you painted something or you created some form of artwork and your parents said, oh, this is so beautiful. You did such a great job. And inside you're like, what are you talking about? This is garbage. <laughs> or, uh, you know, your parents would say, oh, you're such a good boy or oh, you're such a good girl when you were a kid, when you know that you uh, had just done something that if they knew you had done it, they'd be really pissed off and you'd be in trouble. So this can be one of the core uh, foundations. Some of the other things that can contribute to it is when you've had a performance-based upbringing. And so if your parents really only gave you love and respect and appreciation when you performed right, when you performed well, and that's when they would give you praise. Otherwise, you, you, know, you were withheld, love was withheld. It can be challenging for you to accomplish results and then really feel like you deserve the praise or the love or the experience that you're getting. Uh, so that's another one. Or maybe you grew up in a, in a somewhat emotionally abusive uh, or verbally abusive environment where your parents or an adult, uh, maybe like an older sibling, was constantly telling you that you're not good enough, that you're never going to be successful, that you are a loser, that you're not smart enough, that you're not good looking enough, that you're not talented enough you know, that you'll, that you'll just never really succeed. And so when you do succeed, that old narrative, that old program and story is buried deep within you. And it actually starts to activate and reactivate. And so it's actually not really so much your script that's running, but rather it's the script of your parents or whoever it was that was putting you down and telling you that you couldn't do those things. So 
what do we do? What do we do with this imposter syndrome once it does pop up uh, and we start to experience it? How do we actually manage it? How do we overcome it? And, and how do we face it? And then, and then what's possible on the other side? Well, first, I'm going to give you a couple of things that I found personally work really well and, and what I found works really well for, for a few other people because I do work uh, one-on-one with with some really incredible high-performing men and women uh, in in the areas of business, purpose, and relationships. And these are a few things that I've found to work really well. So, so first and foremost, we need to be a little bit rational and logical about this. And that means accepting that you have had some role in your success, accepting that you've had some role in your success. It's impossible to look at a situation. You know, if you've built a business or if you have a great relationship, it's very challenging to logically look at it and say, I have had no part in this. I am not responsible whatsoever for my success. That's It's very challenging to do. And so we need to take a moment to actually take stock in what we've actually done in order to achieve success within our life. And it and it might be challenging because at first you're going to say like, oh, but I just have a great team or I have a great partner. And just start to be present to and notice how much you put the rewards of success onto other people and how much you actually praise and validate other people, but cut yourself off from the thing which you want most. So that's first and foremost. The next thing that I have found really helpful, and I know this one's going to sound weird, but is to actually ask for testimonials from other people. And sometimes we might not believe ourselves, but we believe the opinions of others. And this doesn't mean that we should put our entire faith or that we should put our entire uh, confidence level into other people. But sometimes when we're struggling with imposter syndrome, what we actually need most is to hear how we have positively impacted other people. And so what you might want to do is is do a testimonial series where you actually ask some people that you've worked with uh, or some people, maybe it's your partner that you need uh, some reassurance from or whatever it is, and ask actually say, hey, could you record a 60-second testimonial for me? And I think one of the most humbling things that I have experienced getting actually my very first testimonial from people and really starting to see the impact that I had had on their lives and and the results that they had achieved out of that impact. And yes, they did the work. Yes, it was them doing the changes in their in their life. And they were responsible for all of that. And I couldn't help but see how I had played a part in that. And so this one kind of ties into the very first one. The next thing that we need to start doing uh, in order to help combat uh, imposter syndrome is to look at who we are comparing ourselves to. Oftentimes, what I've noticed with a lot of people who struggle and suffer from imposter syndrome is that they are comparing themselves to someone. Now, they might be comparing themselves to their parents or a friend or uh, a competitor, uh, or they might be, and this is what I've seen a lot, they might be comparing themselves to who they think they should be. And so the comparison is on this illusion that they have created of themselves, of this illusion of who they, this like perfect utopian being that they think that they should be. And of course, they never feel like they're living up to that. And so it's a means of not only self-deprecation, but it's a means of cutting ourselves off from ever being good enough because we never meet up to our own expectations. And so getting clear on who we're comparing ourselves to is incredibly important and starting to really break down 
where we think that we're not living up to those experiences. The last piece that, that I want to leave you with is something that I have prescribed to a lot of people and that stream of consciousness writing. And, you know, I, I suggest this, it's kind of something similar to, to the, to the first thing, but I suggest this because in a lot of ways you start to like mind dump what's going on in your head. And this is incredibly powerful for men. I've noticed like the guys that work with me one-on-one, I get them all to do stream of consciousness writing because in a lot of ways we live in a culture where we're very stuck in our heads. And for people that don't meditate and they don't have that practice, um, and maybe they struggle with that, Stream of consciousness writing can be very therapeutic in a lot of ways because you just start to dump your thoughts out onto the page and you start to visually see the, the, sometimes the crap, (laughs) the garbage that's going on in your head. And it really is an incredible experience because all of a sudden you are met with your own thoughts and you are met with, uh, how you're thinking. And in a lot of ways, when you visually see the script that's internally running through your brain, it can be much easier to negate that that is true, to then look at the commentary on the page of saying, I don't deserve this race. I don't deserve this relationship. And looking at it visually, physically and saying, you know what? Actually, that's not true. I actually don't believe that. I actually do deserve this relationship and I do deserve this success and I do deserve, you know, that promotion that I just got or the business success that I've just had. And that can really help us internalize the ability to stop feeling like an imposter and to start letting in the fulfillment and the joy that we're really seeking. So those are some quick ways to to help you move through imposter syndrome. And uh, what's possible on the other side is a deep sense of fulfillment of self-gratitude, of a a deeper level of self-respect. And in a lot of ways, it's not that this isn't going to go away. You know, I think the perception that that imposter syndrome, you know, by doing some of these things once is just going to disappear. Um, It's probably not. This is something that you're probably going to have to face in certain moments of your life, you know, in big situations, like maybe leading up to getting married or having your first kid or, you know, getting the big promotion or stepping out of your, of your job and into your business for the very first time. I remember when I started Man Talks, I definitely felt like a fraud, not because I hadn't worked my ass off for it, but because I was uh, terrified in some ways of who am I to run this business? Who am I to be of service to these people? And these are some of the things that really helped me with that and allowed me to feel like I was not only deserving, but I could feel the joy of what I was doing on a day-to-day basis. So I hope that this supports you and helps you in your journey. Uh, I would love to hear your insight on on what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Again, you can DM me through Instagram. Uh, You can hit me up through Facebook. Uh, or you can just email me, info at mantalks.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you and to hear uh, about how this uh, topic impacted you. So until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off from Mantalks. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to man it forward, and we will see you next week.